You are listening to Fintech in Focus, where our mission is to celebrate the talent and ideas that contribute to the global fintech industry. My name is Alyssa, and you're listening to this week's segment, Women in Fintech. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Rhonda Power, who's the Senior Vice President for the Global Enterprise Management Group at Cambridge Global Payments, which is headquartered in Toronto. Rhonda graduated university with a BA and majored in English Literature and History. After college, she taught intensive business English language courses in the financial district in Tokyo, Japan, before returning to Canada. Once she was back, she completed a post-secondary degree in international business with an Asian focus and has used that education to join the business track, first as a corporate dealer with TravelX and later as head of corporate dealing for Canada at Western Union Business Solutions. Her international experience has made her a perfect fit at Cambridge, which is a global company who specializes in cross-border B2B payments. So Rhonda, um, when we spoke before, I learned that you didn't necessarily follow the academic path that I think a lot of people might expect. Can you talk a little bit about your undergraduate focus? Um, What focus did you pursue? Oh, sure. Thanks, Alyssa. Really great to be with you here today. Thanks for the opportunity. Um, Well, like every great um, leader in fintech, I have a a degree in history and English literature. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I took a four-year honors degree, uh, Bachelor of Arts, um, in the day in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada, where I'm from. I just, I love that you said history and English literature. (laughs) Yes. That's so great. I I, I love that so much because I think generally society, you know, tends to believe that there's a certain path that you have to follow to reach a standard level of what we believe success is. Uh, So I really think it's refreshing to hear about someone who's achieved their own personal version of success by following a different path. Um, Can you describe to me your path from higher education to ending up in the fintech industry? Yes, I think it is a wee bit of a meandering path, if I could say that. Um, You know, like so many others, once you finish a a post-secondary degree, it is, you know, the next step that is uh, a little bit of a question mark. So uh, for me, rather than like so many of my friends continuing with their education at that time, I decided to take a pause and I traveled to Japan, actually. Um, It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it's very adventurous. My brother already lived there. And so I spent some time teaching English, uh, which I really enjoyed. And I thought I would only be there for about a year. But um, three years later, um, I really found that my particular opportunity was teaching English in the um, financial district of Tokyo. So uh, having students like um, folks that worked for Bank of Japan and the Tokyo Stock Exchange were some of my favorite students and some of my best experiences uh, actually living in Japan and making friends with people who are around the same age as me and um, learning a little bit more about their background and how they fell into their um, occupation helped paint a a picture for me. That's awesome. And this is kind of an off topic question, but were there any skills from your undergraduate degrees that you found surprisingly helpful when you applied them to your career? It's funny that you you ask that question. I you know talk about this with uh, some of my my daughters and their friends these days because there's a sense of needing to take a specific course to have a specific outcome. Really, for me, the idea and and the takeaways that I have from my five years of post secondary is 
the idea of, of being a critical thinker and being curious and, and knowing really how to communicate and leveraging those skills, um, ultimately really continuing to just have that curiosity and, and fire in the belly, <laughs> trying to solve problems. You know, those are really, for me, the bigger takeaways that I use every day um, in my in my job and have done so for the last uh, 20 years or so. I love that. Yeah, it, it is really interesting. It's, you know, there's general knowledge, but then there's also, I don't know, street street knowledge, I suppose you would call it. like just yeah. Yeah, I focus yeah. on that. <laughs> and those are the ones where you just you have to learn it really. Is there anyone who you looked up to or who inspired or influenced your personal growth? So many, actually, I find that especially as the industry that I'm in has evolved over the, the last certain number of years, you know, so to have the people in it and whether they were direct uh, leaders in the business or even peer uh, mentors that I had uh, throughout my, my whole career, it's been folks who have encouraged me and, and supported me and let me falter and even fail, uh, which might sound a little bit just um, congruous, but for me, it was an opportunity to learn from uh, those experiences, whether it was um, preparing or, or visiting a client or, you know, trying to solve a problem. And um, it might not being the, the first uh, resolution of the, of the initial kick of the can, trying to figure out what works and, and being creative, you know, those uh, individuals who just let me do it and were um, really interested in um, letting me go through the process uh, and obviously sharing some of their ideas as well. Um, but again, ultimately that support and encouragement um, is something that I, that I was lucky enough to have throughout, um, you know, the, the years that I've been in this business and I still have today through our um, excellent leadership here at uh, Cambridge soon Corpe under the fleet core umbrella. I love your mention of, you know, how people get so afraid of failure, but a lot of times failure is one of the best teachers. Yes, I'll tell you, there's been several of them that I'll never forget. <laughs> you know, I, I think for me also, I, I may do this too much, um, but I ask for feedback. And, you know, while it's wonderful to receive positive feedback, I do re mostly remember that the feedback that was um, you know, more uh, critical in nature, or, or let's call it opportunities for improvement. <laughs> um, Very because it really, <laughs> it really let me kind of ponder about what, what transpired and what um, could be better. You know, ultimately, we're always interested in what does good look like? We talk about best practice all the time, but how do you actually put that um, that, that's not just speak, but to put it into practice. You know, those are the, the muscles that we try to use all the time. And I, I continue to do that. What accomplishments are you most proud of in your professional career? Wow, it's been a bit of a ride, I gotta say. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, I, I started out on a, on a dealing floor, um, you know, and I was there for about 15 years. Uh, just learning the, the job and having opportunities for additional leadership roles um, and really just being a part of building a better business and ultimately being a leader and, and sharing roundtable discussions about, um, you know, not just building the business, but what all is involved and putting all of those ideas into play, motivating 
teams to do that. I would say that, you know, the, the current team that I leave, the enterprise management group in Toronto, is something that I'm very proud of. Even uh, during the pandemic over the last year, we were able to pivot very successfully and very quickly with our clients and, and really as a team, growing closer even, if, if you can imagine. Um, but the, the team that uh, I built is very diverse and comes from um, a, a varied and diverse background. You know, they have a lot of different languages and on paper, actually, they might not seem like they would fit together, um, but we have the same aptitude and attitude and we energize uh, each other. I certainly get energy from them um, on a daily basis. And, you know, the opportunity to work with all of the departments in our organization um, and that every day is different. Um, and then we're able to ultimately solve problems and add value for our clients together. That that makes me very proud. And that really kind of leans into um, this next set of questions I have. It kind of switches gears to the fintech industry. Um, so you're very well versed when it comes to simplifying cross-border payments. And I can speak from experience that sending payments across international lines can take a long time and it's a huge effort. And a lot has been done to streamline that path. Um, what evolutions have you seen in the fintech industry and specifically for cross-border payments? Yeah, that's really been transformational, um, certainly over the last decade or so. Um, but uh, even over the last five uh, years and, and sooner, th this idea of fintech that, that has evolved into where we are today is quite extraordinary. And, and the year-over-year -year growth is something that, is, that we're, I'm certainly very passionate about. I, where the future will be is you know, the question that we're always trying to answer. But you know, essentially, at the, you know, when, when I started this, it was very much a phone and, or a fax number and you know, dealing um, on the phone with individual uh, folks, um, some of whom had a corporation um, and using a proprietary system to enter tickets, like it was, it was pretty manual. Um, and that, by the way, is still a really critical part of our role today. We are still very much engaged with all of our clients. And if they want to pick up the phone and have a conversation about the markets, we're very happy to do that. But in terms of the, the fintech space and evolution in particular, it's, it's the technology that has changed everything. You know, I, I certainly didn't know what an API was or, you know, how to leverage technology to deliver service was something that we all learned and continue to learn. But, you know, the idea of making payments more efficient and um, leveraging the technology so that it's more transparent for our clients. It's no longer this idea of, you know, you've sent a payment and you 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 know, three days later, as we indicated, it, it will get there. You know, ultimately, we really want to have a self-serve model for clients so that they can see in, in a real transparent way that's exposed on their platform exactly where um, their payments are. And, and that's just one piece of their business. And we have to be very cognizant of that. You know, our space is all about cross-border payments, but our clients, for them, it's one piece of, of their function, and, and they we want to get them to you know focus on their core business. Um, so hopefully, 
through our continued efforts here, we're making it uh, easier for them to do that. That visibility into payments is huge. Like I, I, you'd always wonder, you know, you'd send, try to send money to one country and, you know, it's, it has to go through several intermediary banks. And so where, where in the world are those intermediary banks? Uh (laughs) Where's your money? So I love that idea of, of that we're getting more visibility into that process. Very true. You know, um, Cambridge corporate, we have 140 currencies and they also, the only, the other change I wanted to mention was the modality because the, the idea of, Using the intermediary banks, as you mentioned, is certainly one aspect. It is the historical way and, and will continue to be an important part of, of the, um, the ecosystem ultimately. But also leveraging the idea of in-country payments has helped us um, make those payments quicker um, using in-country rails and partners. Um, all of this is to help our clients um, ensure that they can get their money there faster, right? Ultimately, I heard somebody say once that we're in the service um, business and the delivery business, and and very much that is the case. <laughs> yeah, and it's in its simplest and finest form. <laughs> and where do you think the cross-border payment industry is heading? Well, I suppose I could say, what are some of the most important trends that we should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I think there's been a lot of um, consolidation, certainly, in the marketplace, and, and I think we'll continue to see that. Um, you know, my own company uh, is very much involved in that as we continue to, to uh, look for um, doing better, ways of doing better. Um, we always want to leverage our, our partners in another uh, technology. You know, I think the idea of specialization as well is something that we want to be very cognizant of. And ultimately, we are an extension of our partners' teams in many cases. Um, so, you know, we are very much embedded in their everyday internal processes. So, you know, they know very easily that they can leverage us to help them out with a particular pain point or develop a, a technology or a certain, you know, bespoke solution to, to help them out. So, technology will continue to be the driver. Um, And it's the people that are making connections um, behind that, which will ultimately, um, you know, lead to to the different evolutions that we're going to see here really in the next year or two. It will be even look very different um, then than it does today. And finally, rounding off this fantastic conversation, I'd like to ask you if you have any advice for women who are pursuing their professional paths. That's a good one. I have to say that there seems to be a lot of stress around this question. <laughs> you know, what, what, how are we going to, you know, how are we going to enter into this exciting FinTech space? You know, I think oftentimes it's organic and that's okay. It certainly was the case for me. And, and actually is for a lot of um, women in, in leadership positions um, that I have an opportunity to work with on our leadership and executive team and, as part of uh, some of the volunteering that I do, you know, people find themselves on different paths, maybe from where they set out. And, and I guess, you know, to my, with my, my daughter and her friends, as I mentioned before, in some other conversations, it's, it's really about um, not being afraid to try on uh, a new coat, you know, to, to wear, just, yeah, to wear a different hat and, um, you know, to essentially be, around people certainly that um, energize you, but 
that through your interests, they will, it will lead you to the right place. I always believe that I'm very optimistic about these types of things. So, you know, even if you're um, taking a science degree or, or, you know, psychology that we hear so much about, these are fundamental attributes that you can use later, even in fintech. So, you know, for me, it's just being curious um, and um, trying to build some of those attributes like, um, you know, the curiosity and, and certainly always having integrity and just being your genuine self that will um, enable you to, to drive yourself forward. And if you're interested in the fintech business, there certainly is a ton of opportunity today. Absolutely. And it's not even just, you know, like specifically for, you know, accounting, you know, positions, which I think a lot of people expect fintech to be, but it really is a whole group of people with different abilities and, and different talents that come together to push the industry forward. You know, Alyssa, so well said. What I love about my job is is certainly that it's, every day is different and that the people around me are, are so different. You know, we we didn't used to hear so much about InfoSec, for example, before, but now we have an entire team globally built around exactly that because it's become a critical component to our offering in the fintech space, um, compliance, uh, obviously finance and, and operations, product. I mean, there are so many opportunities. Um, so based on whatever your potentials uh, or your um, your skill set may be and um, where you find interest, you can absolutely find a good fit. Awesome. Well, Rhonda, thank you so much for taking the time to to meet with me today and kind of discuss your personal professional path and your perception of, of where the industry is headed. It's a real pleasure to be with you. Thanks a lot. Thank you for listening to this episode of Fintech in Focus. If you'd like to email us any questions or comments, please do so at podcast at envoicepay.com. That's podcast at N-V-O-I-C-E-P-A-Y.com. Fintech in Focus is a bi-monthly show and is available wherever you listen to your podcasts.